Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the December edition of my one month to a more effective compliance program series that I have been running throughout 2017. In this month of December, I'm going to take a look at one month to better written standards for a compliance program. The sponsor this month is my Doing Compliance Masterclass Series. I recently partnered with Jonathan Marks at Markham LLC to put on a series of masterclass training sessions in late 2017 and throughout 2018. We just concluded the 2017 training in New York City, and I will be announcing upcoming training sessions going forward. If you have enjoyed and utilized this podcast series throughout 2017, you will find the Masterclass is an excellent way for you to take your compliance program to the next level. In this month, I'm going to take a look at written standards for compliance programs. We take a wide variety of approaches and topics, and I think that you will find at the end of December, you'll have a much better grounding on how you can create, design, and implement better written standards which will improve your compliance program. My series on one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day two, the code of conduct. What is the value of having a code of conduct? I've heard many business folks ask that question over the years. In the early days, a code of conduct tended to be a lawyer-written and lawyer-driven way to defend a case by claiming, see what we have? But is a legalistic document really effective? Is a code of conduct more than simply your company's internal law? What is it that makes a code of conduct effective? What should be the goal in the creation of your company's code of conduct? In the 2012 FCPA guidance, the DOJ and SEC stated, a company's code of conduct is often the foundation upon which an effective compliance program is built. The DOJ has repeatedly noted that the most effective codes of conduct are clear, concise, and accessible to all employees and to those businesses on the company's behalf. Indeed, it would be difficult to effectively implement a compliance program if it was not available in the local language so that employees and foreign subsidiaries can access and understand it. When accessing a compliance program, the DOJ and SEC will review whether the company has taken steps to make certain the code of conduct remains current and effective and whether a company has periodically reviewed and updated its code of conduct. Compliance best practices now require companies to have additional. In the 2017 version of the SCCE Complete Compliance and Ethics Manual, Debbie Troklas, Greg Warner, and Emily Schwartz talked about the essential elements of an effective ethics and compliance program in the context of a code of conduct. They stated, first and foremost, the standards of conduct demonstrate the organization's overarching ethical attitude and its systems-wide emphasis on compliance and ethics with all applicable laws and regulations. The code is meant for all employees and representatives of the organization, not just those most actively involved in known 
compliance and ethics issues. This includes management, vendors, suppliers, and independent contractors, which are frequently an overlooked group. From the board of directors to volunteers, the authors believe that everyone must receive, read, understand, and agree to abide by the standards of the Code of Conduct. There are several purposes identified by the authors which should be communicated in your Code of Conduct. The overriding goal is for all employees to follow what is required of them under the Code of Conduct. You can do this by communicating those requirements to providing a process for proper decision making and then requiring that all persons subject to the Code of Conduct be put put these standards into everyday business practice. Such actions are some of your best evidence that your code of conduct upholds and supports proper compliance conduct. The substance of your code of conduct should be tailored to your company's industry and corporate identity. It should provide a mechanism by which employees who are trying to do the right thing in the compliance and business ethics arena can do so. The Code of Conduct can be used as a basis for employee review and evaluation. It certainly should be invoked if there is a violation. To that end, suggest that your company's disciplinary procedures be stated in the Code of Conduct. This would include all forms of discipline up to and including dismissal for serious violations of the Code of Conduct. Further, your company's Code of Conduct should emphasize it will comply with all applicable laws and regulations wherever it does business. The code needs to be written in plain English and translated into other languages as necessary so that all applicable persons can understand it. As I often say, the three most important things about your compliance program are document, document, document. The same is true of communicating your company's code of conduct. You need to do more than simply put it on the website and tell folks it's there, available, and they should read it. You need to document that all employees or anyone else that your code of conduct is applicable to has received, read, and understands it. The DOJ expects your company to begin its compliance program with a very public and very robust code of conduct. If your company does not have one, you need to implement one forthwith. If your company has not reviewed or assessed your code of conduct in five years, I would suggest that you do so in short order as much as changed in the compliance world during that time. What is the value of having a code of conduct? I've heard many business folks ask that question. And how important is it? Well, consider the 2016 SEC enforcement action involving United Airlines, which turned on a violation of the company's code of conduct. The breach of the code of conduct was determined to be an FCPA internal controls investigation, even though there was no international bribery component. It involved a clear quid pro quo benefit paid out by United Airlines to David Sampson, the former chairman of the board of directors of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey the public government entity, which has authority over, among other things, United Airlines operations at its huge East Coast hub at Newark. The actions of United's former CEO, Jeff Smizek, in personally approving the benefit granted to favor Samson violated the company's internal controls around gifts to government officials. This sounds suspiciously like a books and records violation of the FCPA. The 2.4 civil penalty levied out on United was in addition to the non-prosecution agreement settlement with the Department of Justice, which also resulted in a penalty of an additional $2.25 million. Chairman Sampson also pled guilty for putting pressure on United to reinstate the flight service. The scandal cost 
the resignation of Smizek and two high-level employees. So clearly the code of conduct is important. It's important in the way it's documented, it's important in the way it's laid out, and it's important that it be put into practice in your organization. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, the formulation of a best practice compliance program obviously starts with a written code of conduct. Number two, the substance of your code of conduct should be tailored to your company's culture, to its industry, and its corporate identity. Finally, document, document, document your training and communication efforts. This is Tom Fox. Hope you've enjoyed day three of one month to better written standards, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day four. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Better Written Standards and a Compliance Program. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for another episode. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would ask that you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only daily podcast, which will give you a hint or tip to improve your compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. My podcast series of one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.